this series that we have begun a fourfold. Number one, we want to encourage you to pray, plan, and prepare for 2018 in which you are destined to increase to the best that God has for you. We want you, right, in the midst of a, a time of consecration coming to the tail end of that. And um, in that time of praying, there's also some time of planning. And so, um, you know, we've talked to you before that there are kind of two extremes in believers. Um, the world's going to do what the world's going to do, so I'm not necessarily in this one talking to them. I'm talking to you and I, okay? Um, the world will go after and say, I... I got a dream. I got a vision. I'm just going to go do that thing. All right. And you can do that. And you can accomplish something by just taking the principles that God has established in the earth, putting a plan together, being diligent about that plan. Because your Bible tells you the thoughts of the diligence shall bear, the, the diligence shall bear rule, right? The hand of the diligence shall bear rule. Didn't say if they was Christian diligent. One time the Lord said there were people that were dark but diligent and you light but lazy. That wasn't for y'all. That was just what he told me. And um, he said that's why they running you and you not running them. So I had to kind of step up my game. All right. But we want to be people who pray, plan, and prepare. So today we're going to talk about some of the planning and preparation pieces because we've been dealing with the prayer pieces. And we'll be dealing with prayer um, for a lot this year because a lot of what we're going to do um, is going to be tied to how we pray and deal with God this year. All right? Two is to sensitize you to the necessity of spiritual sensitivity and prophetic patterns as a baseline for personal planning. That... Um, when we plan, we plan in line with what we are sensing in the spirit. God gives us a word that says, hey, when you call my name, the name of your loved ones out in front of God, I'm going to move in their life. Then I'm going to put a plan to make sure on a schedule that I call out my loved ones to God. Do you see how that, that prophetic uh, pattern and spiritual sensitivity is how I plan? So I don't want, you know, a, a, a day, a week, or a month to go by, and then I haven't taken some time to call out that loved one because I want to make sure I do my part. That's all I'm saying, right? So that's number two. Number three, to reemphasize the purpose of prayer and planning, that is the ability to act on time with purpose in line with the will of God in such a way as to maximize your life and kingdom contribution along the destiny path, right? So I'm the reason that I'm doing all of this stuff is so that I don't choke when it's game day. Right? Okay, because I don't want to, I don't want to um, obey late and try to get a right now blessing. Does that make sense? So I just want to move when God says move. I want to have all of this so that when it's time and the Lord says, okay, now I want you to do something, then you know, bam, I can move with that thing because I've spent the time. I know that's God, so I don't have to question in the moment. I've done all of the stuff ahead of time, so when it's time for me just to do it, I just step up and do what God's telling me to do. And then finally, number four, prepare us to properly respond to key opportunities to increase through internalizing these prophetic impressions, 
connections with God and with people, characteristics, things that he specifically told me to go for, empowerments, um, the power that he's made available through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then the outcomes that he's looking to produce in my life that are related to destiny. Somebody say amen. All right. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 29. This, this of the verses that's on the handout, and you should, have, um, you should have basically three different documents. One that's been about our fast, right? You should have a 2018 um, prophetic impressions document about being prepared for the increase. Um, and then you should have the prayer goals and agreements that, that we will then be bringing together, laying our hands on and blessing for Blessing Sunday. Amen? So these three documents um, you should have. Out of the ones that are, um, out of the things that are, um, that are, the scriptures that are on the, the 2018 document, the primary one is this one. This is the primary one when we say, what do we mean that we're destined to increase? And so this is the one that I'm going to deal with primarily today, right? Genesis 1, 26 through 29. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I like to say, including that creep, the devil. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth or replenish it and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be, um, it shall be for food. All right. Sometimes I slow down because I, in my head, I hear the King James while I'm reading the New King James. So please forgive me. All right. So we gave you some prophetic impressions about God making us a lighthouse church this year. About He's raising us up as an embassy, a place where ambassadors gather, and from which they do governmental business in the region. We represent the government of heaven on the earth, that God is uh, those that are here that are maturing, don't have to be 100% perfect, but you should be growing. Uh, if you're maturing and you're staying in line with the vision that God is empowering you to multiply, that you have the power to evangelize, to follow up, to disciple, and to oversee believers and that you are using your position among people to call them out of darkness into the light, that God has raised you up as one that is among them, right? And that our prayers of intercession and warfare will cause people to come into the kingdom. We talked about that there's a cloud of light and a cloud of a darkness, that we're pulling people out of the darkness into the light, that God is turning the corner, he's turning the page on our difficulty, and we are using our own tongue to write, a new future, right? Your mouth matters in this season. Your mouth matters in this season. And then we said we're going to be found in the house of God and at the altar of God. We're going to be found on our knees praying and calling out to God this year. We're going to be found consecrating ourselves, that we're going to be sensitive to the times. We're not going to be hypocrites. We're going to be sensitive to how God moves for us in time. 
right? Then we talked to you about there were these four types of prayer. This is just the review pieces, right? We said that there was inquiry prayer. Inquiry prayer is where you say, God, I don't know what you want to do. Tell me what you want to do. And then when you ask him the question, write down the answer, right? Um, he said he promised in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if you ask him, he'll, he'll direct your path. Number two, we talked about invitational prayer. Sometimes you know what God wants to do, but you still got to invite him in to do it in and through you. I always love the song that Bishop uh, Paul Moore said, God, whatever you're doing in this season, just don't do it without me. I just want to be, I, I don't have to be everything. I just want to do my part in your plan. Whatever you're doing in this season, just don't do it without me. Don't sit me on a bench, man. I want to get in the game. I want to play, right? So, um, but then we learned last year, God wants to work on us, in us, and through us, and with us, and then for us. And so we're inviting him to do that at all those levels. Then we said there was inclinational prayer. Inclinational prayer is when you're saying, God, you know, I know that this is your will, but I'm not quite yet willing. Now I need you to help turn my will to your will. I like to say it this way, Lord, I'm not yet willing, but I'm willing to be willing. So I'm going to pray this prayer until my will gets lined up with yours. And then four we talked about was intercessory prayer. This is where we're praying for others and believing God for their lives, that we're actually calling people out. And we're calling out the devil and binding him and telling him to cease and desist his influence on their lives so that people can really hear from God, right? Sometimes um, imagine you have a child and you give them lunch money and then they go to school. And somewhere along the road, a bully beats them up, takes their money. So they hungry at school, not because you didn't give them, but because somewhere between where they started and where they ended, what they had was taken from them. Eventually, somebody got to deal with the bully. Now, for you that are maturing, God's going to sit there and tell you, take the armor I gave you. But to those that don't know that yet, then he's going to tell you to go deal with the bully until you, we can get them to the point where they can handle him. And we do that through our intercessory prayer. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, we're teaching you, and we're going to teach you how to take the weapons of your warfare, and if he's messing with you, don't be coming to me telling me. I'm like, no. You ever had that parent? If you don't go out and whoop them, I'm going to whoop you. You understand? <laughs> you, better, you better go handle that. All right. Then you're like, okay, either I'm going to deal with mama. That's not going to be good. I'm going to handle this one. <laughs> I'm tired of running you home from school every day. All right? And so that's, that's what God is telling us that are maturing, that we have weapons of our warfare that we can use and do stuff. But when we have people that they're not quite there yet, then our intercession can cover them till they get up in the game. Say, say amen if that, that blessed you, all right? And that's how you should be thinking about this. Listen, I know enough from God to fight this demon myself. I don't even have to call a pastor on this one. I got this one. Come on now. Don't call, don't call the lion Goliath. Don't call the little one the big one. Now, there's times when you need prayer support, and I'm going to be here to pray with you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am telling you is some of the stuff that you're bringing to me, you can handle yourself. 
And so you want to just be sensitive to the things where you are. You know, I got enough spiritual authority. I know who I am in Christ. I've been learning all of these I am scriptures, and I've been reading all of this stuff. It's time for me to work this devil out. This one right here, I can take care of him. Okay? Yeah. Some of that stuff you can handle. Right? And you got to know that. Because there are going to be people coming behind you, and the expectation is you got this little devil beat from you so you can beat him off of them. All right? Now, let's get into our content for the day. Eight key understandings of increased consciousness from Genesis 1. I got to have a mindset. If I'm destined to increase, I can't have a mindset of poverty. If I'm destined to increase in 2018, then my mind got to help me increase. All right? Because my mind can fight me when I'm trying to increase. Right? That's a very, very important point. I have um, been places where I knew the Lord was trying to do stuff for me, but my mind was fighting me. Not the devil. My mind was fighting me. Not the devil. The devil couldn't fight me. My mind was fighting me. Right? And so I want us to make sure that we have certain understandings so that our mind won't hinder us from getting what God has for us. Number one, God is a God of purpose. Proverbs 19, 21 in the Amplified says, Many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will prevail. That will stand, right? Um, in the Message Bible, that says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. That's why we want to make sure that our planning is in line with God's purpose, not against it. Show me an example of a person who was a godly person who planned in opposition to God's plans. Oh, come here, Jonah. God has a told him to go to Nineveh, he could have put a plan for Nineveh, but he's on his way on a ship to Tarsus. He wanted to, he wanted to go on a cruise ship vacation, sail the Mediterranean. Yes, he did. Right? So here he is. God has given him something to do, and he could have put a real good plan and just executed what God had told him to do, but he came up with something different. All right? And so that's what we want to be careful. What does it profit a man if he puts his plans in together and gains the whole world and loses his only soul? All right? All right. So my, my acrostic definition of purpose is it's the preordained underlying reason prompting origination sent from eternity. It's a preordained, meaning God did it before, right? It's an underlying reason. Right? It is why I'm here. Right? It prompted God to originate me, to make me, and he originated me as an original. Right? I'm not like anybody else. When he made me, he broke the mold. Nobody can do it exactly like I do it. Right? Now, that, that preordained Underlying purpose, reason, sent, prompting my origination, didn't come from earth. It was sent from eternity. My purpose got here before I got here. 
my purpose started and then God created me. I'm not a mistake. It's not like I got here and God said, I don't know what we're going to do, Jesus. What are we going to do with David? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. I don't have to figure it out. I just need to discover it. He already designed it in eternity past. Does that make sense? God is a God of purpose. I am here on assignment. You got to grasp that. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. God has you here on purpose. If you don't get that, everything else falls apart. Now, Miles Monroe said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. If I don't know why this thing exists, I'll make it do something else. And that, whatever else I do with it, however else I use it, is called abuse. Abuse is using something for some other purpose than what it was intended. When the purpose of a thing, sometimes it's just misuse, but sometimes it spills over into abuse, which means I'm using it in ways that are detrimental and damaging. But when I don't know the purpose, abuse is inevitable. And if you want to know the purpose of a thing, you never ask the thing itself. You ask the one that created it. Right? I, uh, so, so I can't, I can't ask you what my purpose is because you didn't make me. Now, people can help me here understand, define, and develop it. They help me discover it and discern it because they are sensitive. They might be more sensitive to God than I am at this point. But if I look to them for the answer, right, I'm looking to the wrong person. I'm looking into the wrong place. Then I'm abusing their purpose. Because they can't be God. Nobody can be God but God. Okay? Number two, God expresses purposes in pictures. The picture of purpose is called vision. Right? We get that from Acts 26 when Paul is giving his account to King Agrippa about his road to Damascus and how he had a heavenly vision of Jesus. And then Jesus said, I have appeared to you for this purpose. Vision is a picture of purpose. Right? So God has purpose. He develops pictures of that purpose. Those pictures is called vision. Everybody got that? Amen. Now let's look at number three. God speaks out the picture of purpose and creates what he saw in the picture. So, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, Genesis 1, 1, and 2. And God said, man, it's dark around here. No, he didn't call what was what it was. 
He called what was what he wanted it to be. So in the midst of the darkness around him, he looked at the picture of light that was in him and spoke out the picture, and then the picture he spoke out became what it said. Now, that's a faith lesson all in itself. That's a faith lesson all in itself, right? So then there's times when I have to not call what I have as it is, call what I have as what I saw on the inside of me. Yeah. Can't talk to the parts of my body that's not moving the way I want them to move and say, man, this thing, no, 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 I'm going to call it. And by the stripes of Jesus, you healed in Jesus' name. I got to call it what I'm looking for it to be. I got to call it according to the picture, the purpose that I saw in it. Can't be calling my son, you just a knucklehead. You just like your knuckleheaded daddy. Your daddy wasn't nothing and you ain't going to be nothing. Why you cuss your own kids out? I know you didn't use the four-letter words, but you just cussed them. Yeah, you did. You just cussed them. You cussed them out. Right? So I have to, God speaks out the pictures of purpose and creates what he saw in that picture. So he created light, the firmament, dry land, sun, moon, and stars. He created all of the, the plants and the animals and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. He created all of those things according to a picture that he saw within himself. Everybody got that? He had a picture of purpose. He saw that picture. That picture of purpose is called vision. And then he spoke out of that picture the thing that he saw within himself, and stuff began to become what he saw within himself. Now, look at number four. When God went through creation, he created based on pictures he saw within himself. Now let's look at number five. But when God came to man, he himself was the picture. He had a picture of an animal within himself. See, that's why I take exception to the evolutionists. God had a picture of within himself of the monkey. But God himself was the picture of the man. He didn't say monkey point 2.0 was going to become a man. That's what evolutionists say. That's it. Evolutionists say we start out with a monkey and somewhere we get a man along the line. No, 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 no. God had a picture within himself of the monkey, but God himself was the picture of the man. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So part of my increased consciousness is this thing called image. Image is the ability to see yourself within yourself as God sees you and as God is. That's a, listen, 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 listen. That is some good preaching, Pastor David. Yes, it is. That's a big deal. Because you will live out the image that you have of you within you.
if you see yourself as a failure, you cannot succeed. You will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory because that's how you see you. Carter G. Woodson in his book, The Miseducation of the Negro, said, if I train a black man that he, that he has to come in a back door, that he is not worthy to come in the front door, if there is no back door, he will create one to come in it because he will see himself unworthy of coming in the front door. That's an image issue. That's an image issue. See, Pastor Dave, why you preach so hard on this? Because there was times, there was things God wanted to give me, and he couldn't because my image wouldn't take it. I was scared of situations of people because I thought that because they look different than me, they must be better than me. All society tells me this. I hear it all day. I'm bombarded with images like that. And so I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So some acrostic definitions of image. Image is internal meditations actively guiding expectations. Image, you get out of yourself what you expect from yourself, nothing less, nothing more. All right? So this internal picture that I have will guide my expectations. Yeah. Right? Children of Israel, they were about to come into the promised land. God was trying to create a picture, a land flowing with milk and honey. They said, there's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers to them, and so we see ourselves in our own sight. The problem was not the giants out there. The problem was the grasshoppers in here. Their internal meditation actively guided their expectation. They expected to lose. God was trying to paint a different picture for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, but they saw a land of giants where they were grasshoppers. Right? There, that internal meditation, it anonymously governs experiences as well. Why? We think we see the world as it is, but we see the world actually as we are. Going someplace, I know she, she thinks she's better than me. No, 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 no. That's you projecting the voice in your own mind on her. Her self-confidence makes you self-conscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to watch it, right? Because then <laughs> I'll see ghosts and hear voices. Yeah. I'll be putting on people, and it, all that stuff is stuff I done made up in my own mind. And then I'm, I got an attitude, and she like, what's up? What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? And it's all stuff that you're just dealing with your own thing, and you done projected it on her. Now you all upset with her, and she, she just, listen, most people don't think enough about you to spend all their time thinking about you. But you have this thing going on in your head, so now you're projecting what's in your head into their heads. 
Image is also internal meditation that accelerates gaining expertise. Ah. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? If I can but touch him, I shall be made whole. And that picture she had within her pressed her through a crowd in her weakened condition. Will thou be made whole? Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda. And then he said, I have a picture that when the waters are troubled, somebody going to jump in in front of me. Jesus gave him a different picture. Rise up, take up the bed, carry what's been carrying you, and walk off with it. That picture that Jesus gave him was a thing that he began to move towards, and it accelerated his ability to stand up and walk off. Image has so much to do with us able to do what God has called us to do. I can't fix your life until I can fix your image. And there's a lot of homework. That's a lot of homework. I wish I, wish I could come home. I wish there was enough oil. I would bathe all of y'all in oil if I could just lay my hands and change your self-image issues. It's that important, but I can't do it for you. You got to do this stuff for yourself. Right, because you cannot live above the picture you hold of, hold within yourself of yourself. You can't live above that picture. That picture becomes the upper limit of what God can do in your life. That's the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was like, um, you know, he's the seed of Abraham. But he desired crumbs. Whatsoever desire when you pray, believe you receive. But if your desire is down at the crumb level, God can't feed you at the table level. Right? God wants to give you this, but your, your expectation, because how you see yourself is down at crumbs. And so God can't, he can't give you above the way you see yourself. If you won the lottery, I'm not against, I'm not for the lottery, okay? So let me just get that out before somebody snippet this message. If you won the lottery, you would be broke if you see yourself broke before it's all said and done. You ever wonder what happened to these athletes? All of the money that's going through their hands, and then they come out at the end, and they still broke. They had an image issue that they didn't resolve before they got the money. That's a huge deal, right? So I got to watch how I see myself. God sees me in blood-colored glasses. His destiny for me is to be conformed into the image of his son. So Jesus is really the perfect picture of how I'm supposed to walk through, the, through life. All right? That's God's destiny for me. I'm predestined to be conformed into the image of God's dear son. We, as in a mirror, behold the glory of the Lord. Now, I, it's very rare that I look in a mirror and see your face. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, I look in a mirror... I see the image of God, and then God 
performs spiritual reconstructive surgery and changes me into the image of the Lord that I see by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit will help you with your image problem. That's the one thing I'm trying to tell you. When you're in the Word and then you're in times like this and then God begins to try to paint a different picture and you hear his voice saying, I'm calling you to do X, Y, and Z. Don't fight it. Nah, God, it can't be. It's just me. Don't fight that. He's trying to perform surgery on you right now. I'm trying to help you. Right, so that's the image issue. Likeness. Likeness is the ability to function in the outpost in the outpost as God functions in headquarters. Earth is an outpost of heaven. So I'm supposed to function on earth the way God functions in leadership in heaven. God speaks and he declares and determines. On earth, I get to speak and declare and determine. All right? Number six, God intended for mankind to have dominion, radai is the Hebrew word, which is leadership authority over the natural and spiritual environment of the planet. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth, where? As it is in heaven. Right? Notice that the dominion of mankind was never intended to be over other mankind. Number seven, God empowered man's function with the power of the blessing, the blessing. Now, by the way, um, I didn't say this at the beginning, so if you don't get all of the notes down, I have a handout for you. You can get with Brother Clarence Afterwell. I should have told you that at the beginning. Then y'all wouldn't have been sweating. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I meant to. I meant to. I got, the, I got a handout for you. You good. You good. Pastor David thought about you. All right. The blessing is different from blessings. The blessing is the root. Blessings are the fruit. Right? God blessed me with a car. I'm not against that. You're you acknowledging that the source of every good thing is God. But the blessing is not the car. The blessing is God laying his hands on you and telling you to be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue, and take your dominion. That dominion, that fruitfulness, multiplication is the thing that brings the car towards you. Right? That, I'm, I'm just throwing that thought out to you. We'll, deal, we'll dig deep in that next Sunday on Blessing Sunday. Somebody say amen. God's final original gift to man was the practice, the power, practice, and principle of seed. Seed is the principle that a small thing has a picture of a big thing inside of it. That when that small thing is planted and cultivated, it will produce the big thing with other small things inside it, with more big things inside of them. You get that? Get it? Got it? Good. Right? Because seed planted produces harvest with more seeds inside of them, which can then be planted and cultivated and produce fruit with more seeds inside of them, and so on and so on and so on. And we'll deal with that some more next week as well. All right. Got a few key statements here. I'm going to accelerate. But that I, I needed that foundation and this other piece that's more tactical, you can get in the handout. Number one, if you're going to work with God and function like God, it will not happen by accident. It must be planned. It won't just happen. Somebody got to plan that thing. Okay. Um, key statement number two, 
you're going to live in a future. It might as well be the one that you plan. I, I don't want to be a, a doctor. You know how long you're going to stay in school? You're going to get old anyway. Time going to go by. You might as well spend the time doing something now that will make your tomorrows better. Sitting on a dock of the bay. Watching the tie roll away. I'm sitting on a dock of the bay, what? Wasting time. Some Christians live like they actually believe in reincarnation, like they get a do-over. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going to take time to plan, pray, and prepare so that I can act on time to maximize my progress towards destiny. All right. God is a planning God. Let's look at some scriptures here. We're going to speed this up, and I'm going to run through a list. But I got a handout for you, so as I speed it up, trust me, I got you covered. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. That's a planning God, right? And from ancient time, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So, God declares the end. I like it says before the beginning. I like that, that translation. God doesn't just finish what he starts. He starts what he's already finished. He finishes it in his plan, and then he goes all the way back to the beginning and starts it. See? That's why God already sees you fixed, full, and whole. He's getting past your dumb days because he sees you past them already. He's already, he's already seen you healed, blessed, delivered, prospered. He already saw your marriage fixed. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't, he's not, he's not stressing out over your dumb days because he's already seen past them. Look at Proverbs 14, 22. Do not they err that devise evil, but mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. All right. Now, you, you hurt my feelings. Let's say you hit me or done something. Then my mind comes with all kinds of plans on how to get you back. Am I the only one that mind goes to? Like, I plan. You ever had somebody tell you, you know, they said something, and then in the moment you miss it, and then afterward you said, I could have said this, I could have said that, I should have told them that, and then I could have done this. Am I the only one? Okay. All right. So, don't tell me I can't make a plan. Stop it. I don't know how to make a plan. Child, please, let somebody smack you. Your mind will plan all of the steps of what you can do. Am I right about it? Well, if it can do all of that, then your mind can come with a plan for good. God says all of that other planning for evil is just err. You, you off. But he will give you mercy and give you truth if you start planning and devising to do good.
because you are made in his image and in his likeness. And God put a master plan together to get you saved. So there inside you is the master planner right now. He's living on the inside of you, and he's asking you to wake him up. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. If I can plan and then act on my plan with consistency, that has to produce increase in my life. That's what that just said. But, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. All right? So God's plans are not get-rich-quick schemes. Some people, they try to throw stuff together and be hasty because they won't take the time it takes to plan. Which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit your happy self down and count the cost? Now, King James Version don't say sit your happy self down. But you get it? Yeah, I got to put a plan together. Sit down and think this stuff through. All right, 2018 planning process. I'm going to go through this list fast, but don't sweat. You got a handout. Don't be tripping. All right? Number one, identify visions and goals in the areas of your spiritual life, your health, your education, your finances, your family, and your church and ministry. Write the vision and goals down in forceful and measurable terms. For example, I will be a loving husband who compassionately converses with my wife at least 30 minutes a day, giving her my undivided attention. Pastor, that's not long enough. Child, he's starting from zero. You need to give him something he can hit. I'm trying to help you. If you give him some positive reinforcement at the small goal, he'll step it up to a bigger one. The goal must be measurably objective where progressive results can be measured. Right? I need to set the goal in some way that I can keep score. Right? The difference between a real game and pickup basketball is that we have time and a way to keep score. Right? Number two, identify theme scriptures for the goal and vision areas of your life. Right? You believe that God has called you to do something in education. What theme scripture do you have to go with that? Right? I got theme scriptures when I'm, you know, when I'm taught my daughter about school. Listen, we find all of the ones about Daniel and how Daniel got school paid for. Don't be playing. She got school paid for, but I'm going to tell you, we, we went through them scriptures. I said, now, this is the seed. Daniel purpose, he wouldn't defile himself. You can't be down there, you know, playing, playing with God and then thinking you're going to get the power that you need. Right? So you identify scriptures, vision scriptures to go in these areas. Three, identify prophetic themes from valid voices that you integrate into your planning process. Right? Now, that one, I gave you a whole sheet of information that should be baseline for your planning process. We believe God's going to raise us up as a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment and a light in this region. Okay, I'm going to be a light, and he's going to talk to me. Here's what I see when I meditate God, me being a light. 
me being a person of prayer and intercession, me being a person that witnesses and invites people. And then I, 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 I integrate that into my plan for the year. Number four, envision yourself through the reimagination process as though the goal has already been accomplished and then praise God like it's already done. All right? Now, this one says, God sees the end before the beginning. I'm made like God. I'm in his image and his likeness, so I have to see it already done. So I can't come in here and see who's all here now. I have to go in my imagination and see the church full and people driving up and us planning for the second service. I got to get you out because second service is coming in. I have to do that in my imagination, and then I have to praise God as if it's already done. Okay? Now, this will work in your marriage. This will work for your business. I'm laying this stuff out. This will work in everything. This is not just, this is not just churchianity. I'm telling you how I get them big bonuses on the job. Now, if you just want to leave it in church, you want to be a crumb snatcher like Lazarus, so be it unto you. But your pastor gave you some real help. Number five, look at your present level of capability, circumstances, and performances. Why? Because you will not go from zero to zillions overnight. God increases you in measures. You slay the lion and then the bear and then Goliath. Now, I wish I could go from zero to already being a super multi-demultimillionaire. But I've got to work through tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then on to millions. And then billions would be in Jesus' name. I'm still calling. I'm just telling you, I'm still, I'm still calling. All right? Now, you do what you want to. But I'm working the stages. All right? Number six Lay out a targeted time frame for completion of these visions and goals. All right? Um, a plan without a time frame, that's just pickup basketball. You're not winning no games. All right? So you got to put your plan with some time frame. Now, remember, the plan is guideposts, not goalposts. Why? Because there's sometimes you can get there faster, sometimes slower. Make sure you don't create an Ishmael trying to make an Isaac happen. This is why we do our planning with God. I don't want to get into the flesh trying to make something happen, right? Man, like the stuff we've done, I, I was trying to get here before, but I had to slow down and wait. I had to wait. I had to get the church aligned. I had to make sure Nedra and I were in agreement. I had to wait. I could have just done something because I'm the head. You know how we do. I'm the, I'm the head. I could have just done something, but then I would have created an, an Ishmael that I now have to deal with because I jumped ahead of God and what was moving. All right? But I still had a time frame, and I still feel pressure when the time frame passed, but I don't let the pressure drive me into an unwise action. Do you hear the wisdom in that? Do you see my balance? Because some people don't have a time frame, so they don't know when they plan on getting there. Right? You got a time frame, then you can know if you're on time or running late. All right? Number, what number am I on? 
Seven, list people and resources you have to assist you in obtaining this goal. Now, that's an important thing. You need to, Lord, what, who do I have right now that can help me move towards the goal that I have? Hopefully, some of the people that includes your pastor, in Jesus' name, whatever the goal areas are, your church, your spouse, your children. Okay, we had health goals. Me and Nedra, we got to work on them things together, right? I can't be doing my thing and then, you know, see over there. I'm, I'm there trying to, you know, you know, get my thing on and see over there eating stuff that she know tempting me. That won't work. We got to do this together. So you got to have people. Now, the people that you list, then the people that you list, you will then enlist to help that plan come to pass. Got it? Number eight, think on how, that word is there, how you are going to use these resources and schedule the use of these resources and support groups in the framework of your year, months, and weeks. Okay, here's a list of people, and here's how I'm going to enlist them. Right, I'm going to have check-in schedules. Right, so I got a coach. Me, I have a personal development coach. So twice a month, we have phone calls. And we talk about all y'all in the church. We talk about my marriage. We talk about what's happening on the job. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. Okay, David, what, here's what I think you could do. Here's all the things. And we write down stuff. And I pay him good money to help me do that. Now, that money is, to me, money well spent when I look at the progress I've made. Okay. All right. Um, how are you going to then, if these are the people that's going to help you, how are you going to structure them to get that to help you move forward through the year? I have accountability. Right? I made progress this year in my health because we had a check-in point for my 2017 goals in June, and I hadn't made a progress, so I said, I'm going to do something that I hadn't done. And I paid for a trainer to work with me on my health, okay? Now, that goal has been on my sheet for a lot of years, but this year he said, you made more progress in that than you've, not, you've made since you and I have been working together, and we've been working together almost 10 years. I'm just saying, I'm trying to help you, all right? Number eight, no, that was number eight. Number nine, envision the people who will be blessed and benefit from you becoming the person you will be after achieving your goal. Now, this, this is Abraham seeing the stars. This is Abraham envisioning his seed being like the stars. This says that I am more... Um, me becoming who God has for me to be has more to do with others than it does with me. This acknowledges the fact that I am blessed to be a blessing. So I began to imagine people being blessed by my ministry, by the tens, the hundreds, and the thousands. I imagine me standing up in front of thousands of people and preaching the gospel. I imagine me having a single church with multiple locations and then um, driving, flying, helicoptering around to my several 
locations. I just, okay, now you can dream what you want to dream. Don't hate my dream. It's my dream. Right? I just imagine people being blessed by my ministry. Why? Because there's something in that imagination that stirs me up and motivates me to move towards that future. I envision people being blessed because I've become who God created me to be. Number 10, think of someone who has achieved the same or similar goal, model their principles and behaviors. That's Mary finding her Elizabeth. Now, it can, Mary and Elizabeth weren't exactly the same. Don't look at somebody to be exactly the same because your unique purpose is unique. But is it close enough that I can learn some principles for, from them that'll help me move forward? Right? And then be willing to do what Elizabeth, Mary was willing to do, which was leave her location leave her location, and go to another place to spend some time getting mentored. People want everybody to come to you. Pastor David, I want your help, but I want you to come on my convenience. You're not serious yet. Child, go home. We'll talk about it 2019. Maybe you'll get your head in the game. All right, number 11. Take time to draft a step-by-step plan of action to move towards your goal. Remember, your plan will change over time, okay? The plan you have now won't be the final plan. Why? Because his word is a lamp to your feet, and then it lightens your path. But you need a starting plan to get you going. And then you asking God and believing that he's going to give you more information on the way. Because that's how God works. I got to walk in the light that I have if I'm asking God for more light. Finally, finally, number 12, as you repetitiously reimagine yourself in the goal, your mental complex, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, your intellect will give you more information to add to your plan of action. Refine and act on your plan until the vision and goal are complete. This is good, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your pastor really works to make sure you get this what you need to be successful in every area of your life. Come on, let's stand.